Are we allowed to swear? Is that a thing? Um, I think probably not. Probably I not. Think, I think we could swear, but just we'll bleep it out. Yeah. Because I think for like the iTunes algorithm, it's better to, <laughs> kind, of, to kind of stay not explicit. That's fair. That's fair. Well, fuck it. Let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Should we start it like formal? Should we be like, hello and welcome to... I don't think so. I mean, okay. we can do. We can also do that afterwards. Sure. I was going to say, if you think about like other podcasts, it's usually like... Them saying, oh, hello, welcome to the podcast, and then, doodly, doodly, and then... Yeah, okay. yeah, a yeah, little jingle, yeah, yeah, we don't have a jingle yet, but, you know, no. I think that, that, we could just use what you literally just said there. The one thing that's going to worry me with this is that, like, I've heard things, and I've, like, read things, but the very nature of this is that I'm not going to be able to source anything, so I'm just going to be, like, I guess the whole point of this podcast is we're just throwing stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. random theories that we've heard... Like, but then I'm probably going to misquote it. But then that's fine. that's fine. We're just predicting things. Maybe one day it'll happen. Yeah, I hope no one assumes we're going to be right. Yeah, that's no, so that's 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 quite important. Is that we're probably not going to be right a lot of the time. But that when we are right, it's going to be really cool. Because yeah. I mean, it, yeah, what's it called? Statistically, we should be right sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. If It'd you be... throw enough ideas at the wall, mm-hmm. some of them will be right. Exactly. Yeah. So, cars. The first kind of question I guess I had is that. When we think the big one is when will automated cars be prominent on the road? Well, in some ways they already are. I mean, my car can park itself. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, on the way over here, it told me to brake. I was overtaking a cyclist, and it was like, "What are you doing, you madman? Brake!" And it binged at me. <laughs> came big red letters on the display. I'm like, "Shit!" But like, mm-hmm. I guess that's not driving itself. Yeah, I um, guess because the difference there is obviously you're still. Like I'm still legally, in control. legally in control. You can't be drunk or you can't be, you know, on your phone or whatever. No, I think I think the the big thing that's standing in the way of completely autonomous cars is people. You can't have anyone in control of any car if there's if all the cars are automatic. Like the whole thing that's going to make automatic, like driverless cars work, is there being no drivers. Yeah, because every then the car, cars can communicate yeah. and they can do. Mm-hmm. things on their own whereas if you have any any human in the way that's like a third a third party you you, you can't predict what a person sure. is going to do so that's like but is, that a, is that a problem then because with like driverless cars it'd be amazing if every car is driverless because then oh yeah absolutely because yeah. then they can all you know they know exactly the traffic and everything but then how do we get to that point unless someone dictator comes in and says right tomorrow no non-self-driving cars mm. or no you know, manual person-driven cars can be driven they have to all be autonomous how else can we actually get to that point because like if tomorrow you know tesla come out whatever with some like really good self-driving cars yeah some people have them but 99.9 percent of people are not going to have them so how do we get from there to 100 percent i think cars? i think what's going to have to happen is it's going to have to be <clears throat> it's going to have to firstly be cheaper and it's also I think the thing that will really make it actually successful is some sort of retrofitting service. Mm-hmm. So you can take your existing car as long as it's got sort of power steering, so you can tap into that and sort of brake and accelerator somewhat right, yeah. by wire, so that you can then fit everything to it for it to drive itself. Yeah. As long as, as long as you can, you don't have to make someone get a new car. Mm-hmm. It's then feasible to sort of say, okay, well, you know is part of your road tax even you get uh, you get some more autonomous bits fitted to your car and you can sure yeah still be on the roads yeah. yeah um yeah. so what about like you know in i in irobot when will smith's going along and then he like 
the steering wheel folds out and he starts driving is that something you think should be in the cars or you think it should just be I haven't know? I haven't seen either but, okay. but. <laughs> so basically he's driving along and then like I, I can't honestly, it's been a while but I can't remember I think some of the bad robots made a lorry crash something like that and then so then he's like you know, or, you know manual mode and the, the steering wheel folds out of the dashboard and he starts driving manually I think in real life I think once driverless cars are the only thing on the road there shouldn't really be steering wheels because mm-hmm. then you've got no option to control yeah, it I don't yeah. think I don't think you should have that option because then that's like how you're going to cause an accident mm-hmm. all you need to all you need to do in the world of the driverless cars is go into manual and just turn your steering wheel to the right and then that's it you, you, you're done yeah and so are a few other people yeah that's, like, that's yeah, like yeah. new terrorism yeah yeah so I never thought about it like that but actually autonomous cars providing no one hacked it would be would stop all those vans driving into people and oh yeah that kind of terrorism but then the, the flip side of that is if someone did manage to somehow hack the system there could there would be you know yeah, you could, you thousands could, of deaths possibly you could crash all the cars yeah, yeah I mean bloody hell that's that's a nasty thought mm. yeah it's uh I guess you'd have to make it very, very secure. I don't know how that would be done, but well, what one of one of the theories that I've heard about driverless cars, um, I think this came from like Linus Tech Tips or whatever. Like, <clears throat> I don't know where they heard it. I assume they heard it somewhere and they didn't just make it up on the spot. But the idea is um, that a company like Uber will be the one to sort of do driverless cars first, and then rather than buying a car, you will you will sort of rent a car off Uber. Mm-hmm so that you have kind of exclusive rights to use that car and it will just drive around and then while it's not driving you around you can say okay go off for three or four hours and drive people around right on your on your own just go off yeah and then come back and make sure you're back where i need to be picked up at whatever time and Mm -hmm. and so your car can make money and pay for itself yeah effectively right and they were saying the extension of that is that once a car can be making money it can it can go out and if if it's made its own money it can go and get its tires changed or like fill oh, up course, with petrol yeah. on, on its yeah. own um that's assuming petrol's still a thing when yeah. when this is a when this is a thing that's happening but the the car the idea of the car maintaining itself is pretty that's like pre- that's pretty a pretty yeah, crazy idea yeah yeah but i guess the the problem though because you mentioned uber and Uber for most people like is almost autonomous now. You don't have to speak to the you know the people no. are the, as robotic as people get. You know they're following the sat now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not letter. sure they'd like to uh, hear you say no that. But I mean Uber you're drivers, right. <laughs> but, you, know, you don't have to speak to them. Um, you, you know you give them like a rating. I don't know. You know it's it's very much it's very robotic. So, but there's a lot of backlash. You know to these kind of people robots. You know the taxi firms and everything. You know, saying that Uber drivers are dodgy and all these kind of things that this that is said by by taxi firms. So, do you think that then, when we have autonomous cars or when they start to come out more, you'll have huge backlash by not only taxi firms but the but current the Uber, Uber drivers, drivers, the lorry drivers? Because oh, you know, a lot of long haul lorry drivers they make pretty good money yeah. um, from that, and that's they hardly have come up with many transferable skills. You know, if you're good at driving a lorry eight hours a day, well, I mean, when that job no longer becomes viable you're not going to have many other kind of office-based skills are you no i mean that's definitely going to be a big problem just in general like <clears throat> just what what are all uber drivers going to do if, mm. if drivers got us to become a thing um, yeah do you think it's something that would actually would be able to halt the production of 
autonomous cars? I don't know. I mean, if if we look at how how the Uber drivers have done so far in sort of getting recognition in terms of like the unions and things, like they get sick days and they get minimum wage now. I think so. If they mm. if they manage to swing that from a position of basically nothing and them being customers just like mm-hmm. the people who you know take uber's places then it doesn't seem like too much of a leap for them to sure yeah wind up doing that although i think that uber thing is kind of country dependent because like here in the uk you know i think ubers have to be registered and everyone has to have their background checks and all the uber cars have uber stickers on them and everything whereas in I don't know, you know, I don't know about the US. I think that might be the case. That's at least how it started out. Was it could just be anybody driving in their normal car, unbranded of Uber, mm. and could then just be like, yo, do you want a lift kind of thing? I know um, people who ride for delivery can, uh, they, they get paid even if they don't get any, mm-hmm. if yeah. they don't do any driving now. They can yeah. just, there's someone, um, someone that we know knows, who, um, he lives on the outskirts of the city, and he just, goes into the middle of the city, clocks in, mm-hmm. maybe does one trip, then goes home and just like stays clocked in. And gets paid He's, the whole time. Gets paid the whole time. <laughs> well, is that, is that, I'm surprised they're allowed to do that. Well, I mean, I don't know how long he could mm. keep doing that until they cotton on. What you mentioned earlier about, you know, whether the cars will still be petrol, you know, these autonomous cars filling themselves up with mm. petrol. Well, that's a question in itself is when, when will cars stop being diesel and stop being petrol i mean diesel actually first that's probably the that's going to go first because now with all these emissions <clears throat> you know all the emission scandals and whatever mm. with vw what diesel gate or whatever they call it um it's kind of that seems like a lot of governments have clamped down and said i think uh, in hamburg in germany they've on two roads they've completely banned all diesel cars um so i guess diesel could genuinely not be on the roads within the next 10 years mm. uh, but then i can't see petrol you know i can see petrol staying a lot longer because in the states they have mostly petrol cars anyway yeah um it's it's a difficult thing to say this is the end and get rid of things i mean it was only i want to say five years ago that the uh, my local sort of uh petrol station stopped doing four star oh really like yeah. literally leaded petrol still being sold in like That's crazy in the 21st century mm. um there must be like plenty of uh classic car, car owners near near us but um mm-hmm. it seems if, if it took that long for them to get rid of four star i mean how long is it going to take to get rid of diesel and petrol i mean that seems like a long shot i can see them stopping the sale of diesel cars fairly quickly i know there's quite a lot of initiatives for that uh around europe like just anywhere in europe mm-hmm. um and I, well, I think that's a good thing the uk government i i actually have a source for this it's on the financial <laughs> times website and actually wants to check this but the uk government pledged that half of all cars sold by 2030 will be hybrid or electric mm. so i mean that's <coughs> what in 12 years have half of them be electric that's quite a lot does, does that have to be like a plug-in hybrid or is that just hybrid i, mean, I don't know because obviously that's a distinction isn't it because mm. the prius isn't plug-in no. it just increases your mileage and you don't get all the tax rebates and stuff that you get with plug-in ones so i would imagine it's plug-in um but if, if it's not plug-in i'm sure they'd still 
take it. You know, for yeah. for the stat stats wise, they would. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he's also said by twenty forty, they want the majority, whatever that means, of all new cars and vans to be completely zero emissions. So I guess they're by twenty forty, fully electric. I suppose new cars. Mm. <clears throat> or like, I wonder if that's like you can you can buy your car from Peugeot and they'll uh, they'll guarantee that they'll plant some trees and offset the carbon, so you can yeah. be driving around yeah. and as long as you do less than this many miles, you're still. Mm-hmm. zero emissions carbon neutral yeah. like yeah well that's the problem with electric cars isn't it is it doesn't matter you can drive around electric cars but ultimately if you're making electricity by you know burning fossils then you're, yeah you're, it's, yeah you're still you, yeah you're still you're still car. offsetting you're still offsetting the, the carbon somewhere yeah exactly. I, is it that much more efficient to generate the, the the power centrally and distribute it like you do with electric cars or is it actually yeah. not not that good a deal really like i know that was a big argument against electric cars in general is that are they actually that much better for the environment if you're still having to produce that much electricity and that's why i know that like there's a a pretty huge dropout rate of electricity between the station and your house like it's Mm -hmm. it's some terrifyingly low number of how much electricity actually gets through yeah like it's it's catastrophically inefficient to like send electricity over a wire yeah so if you live far away from a station they're having to burn you know exponential amounts of fuel oh yeah just to just to get that electricity to charge your electric car yeah and that can't be better than petrol no that doesn't seem like a solution i mean you'd have to do the maths on it um Mm -hmm. but obviously i'm not going to no yeah (laughs) yeah it's all more qualified than us can do that yeah um But, I mean, so, so that's <clears> the thing. It, it always makes me think, though. Like, someone must have done that. If if we've got to this point where there's enough, there's there's so many electric car companies that someone must actually have done the math and be like, yeah, this is actually better. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what would be the point? Yeah, but I suppose car companies are just riding on. Right, people want electric cars. Yeah, they want to because they want to be seen to be you know yeah. liking the environment and therefore will uh, you know sell electric cars. But it's I guess they're not that worried. Really, I guess it's probably because it's not going to give anybody any financial benefit that it's a government that has to probably be like well you know or it doesn't maybe have to but it would they would be able to say right you know you have to produce this amount of electricity from these sustainable sources okay so yeah with um the way solar prices is going uh especially with with solar being manufactured more and more in china like it's absolutely overtaken coal in America is the way to produce energy. Like it's it's just much cheaper now to produce electricity through solar. Um, so that's obviously going to eradicate coal production. Like there's no way Donald Trump's going to be able to make coal come back because there is absolutely no use case now. Solar is obviously much cleaner, much better, and much. Uh, and cheaper so but it's the uh, the only argument against that is that i mean obviously he's kind of put the tariffs on steel and stuff to encourage american steel which was, was a most people would agree a bad economic move right so then if you think the people that work in coal you know the the the, the rich guys that i'm sure donate lots of money to the republican party uh that are the ceos of the coal companies or even the the lower level people what you know the miners and whatever they're going to find it very difficult to transfer their you know into their skills or whatever into solar panels because i imagine a lot of from the low level guys the solar panel production is probably quite high skilled compared to you know hitting a rock with an axe or whatever <laughs> i don't know maybe mining isn't like that anymore i, I imagine not but yeah I, 
first of all, I don't think mining is like that anymore. <laughs> um, and second of all, they uh, that there is the possibility that you know if 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 there's lots of solar being installed, that's a potential thing. Although any sort of construction work has the drawback that once you've constructed your job's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a self-fulfilling sort of prophecy there. But um, I do I do think that uh, solar is the way things are going and we're just going to have to find a way to retrain these people. Like, <clears throat> the biggest problem is I, th- I think retraining is possible. I think in this day and age, I'm not expecting to have one career for my entire life. I'm expecting to have more than one job. Uh, you know, there's, you hear all this about people with hyphens in their titles so I'm like oh I do this and I do this and I do this so I don't think the I don't think retraining people is really going to be the immediate problem I think the problem is all the mining towns in America where coal's drying up so there isn't really work in the coal town anymore because yeah. everyone who lived there supported the mine so once the mine's gone and people leave gradually what is there yeah um you know it's not like a lot of these places are generally areas of natural beauty i mean no, i don't, I don't no. know i mean because you'd think if they were nice they wouldn't dig them up to mine really. well i mean this is america ha- but... yes <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but the um but that is that is like a, a problem and i think uh like are we going to relocate these people i mean it's it's a difficult yeah one. that is a that is a, a big kettle of fish what happens to people whose jobs uh no longer exist uh as we kind of you know, progress in technologies but maybe that, i guess that's always been an issue the people yeah. that you know rode carriages of horses well i'm sure their skills of you know horse management um, <laughs> were, were greatly uh were greatly less needed once the cars uh, kind of started being big hmm. I suppose so it's always been an issue well it's an interesting one that because that was kind of i imagine a more direct change i mm-hmm. reckon if you could drive a horse you could drive a car drive a horse well you did <laughs> yeah like, you yeah know. <clears throat> i mean just in general their their ongoing work was uh you know it wasn't too much of a leap to go from being a horse and carriage driver to driving a car yeah whereas i guess it's probably a bigger leap from being a coal miner to anything really yeah yeah <clears throat> um i suppose there's a problem with as the industry develops with like you know, it's all technological it means that people with not a great education are going to struggle at all you know, mm. to get any jobs in a, that kind of industry so i suppose that brings up the the big topic of universal basic income and whether we should be maybe taxing more heavily the uh industries that are earning more and putting other you know unskilled workers out of jobs in order to give these we yeah, have workers these low-skilled now jobless workers um, money. Yeah, universal basic income is a difficult one, uh, and I've been I've been thwarted when I've had conversations about it in the past because I always suggest things, and then it always comes back, and there's always something wrong <clears throat> with how I'd implement it. Because um, mm-hmm. obviously that's a really difficult one. It's like, do you give people actual money? Mm-hmm. Do you give people money off things? I think it's the Swedish model. They've they've actually done it. Mm-hmm. And they they gave a select group of people. I think it's, I think it's an extra. I think it's a thousand kroner or whatever every month. So I don't know what that is. Maybe it's about eight hundred quid a month or something. Yeah. So it's not. You probably couldn't live on it, but it. You know, it it's obviously goes a long way to supplement. You know, your your living. Um. Um. What it's meant is that people don't have to 
really worry about losing their job and it's put the the worker in in a in a bit more of a position if if the employer knows that the worker needs this job more than anything or they'll be destitute then they've got them by the balls basically mm-hmm. whereas if yeah. they if they know that they've got another source of income they're not and and they could just leave they're going to try and keep them yeah so is this is this everybody is this all workers uh and unimpl- all people unemployed employed employed with a high salary and probably low salary having this basic thousand kroner <laughs> or whatever it is yeah a, well yeah. It, in it's a trial so i think okay. they took i i don't know if it was a random cross-section or whether it was people from different backgrounds to see mm-hmm. how it would affect different people right. Um, at the moment, it, it's only a trial of about three thousand people or something like that. So it's not like a huge thing. It's not everyone yet. Yeah. Um, but the idea would be that it's everyone, because you know a lot of a lot of what happens is with benefits and that now. Yeah. Is that as soon as you start working, you lose some of them, which mm-hmm. is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that disincentivizes actually... then actually working. Yeah. Um, sometimes actually financially, it might not be that different. You being on benefits and having a low paid job like, yeah there should be you should there should be an incentive to work you, you should be earning more money significantly you know if than yeah on benefits yeah and, and that's the thing with universal basic income is that it's the same for everyone obviously mm-hmm. it, it gets difficult and this is a lot of where i'm thwarted people will be like okay so what if you're disabled what about this what about that and i'm yeah. like well that maybe comes under another bracket sure or, yeah but for the the whole idea of universal basic income is that if everyone has gets the same amount of money then there's no there's, you know there's no hierarchy you know like the the people who are on, on a million still get it yeah because then there's no disincentive for doing better yeah sure at all um so would would the basic income come from almost a so you'd scrap benefits and then put all that benefits money almost into a pot and then that gets then evenly distributed with the exception of dis- disability benefits and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that is that, so that's that, that's that's the idea and I mean it would obviously cost more. It would cost mm. more than the current benefits system because yeah. the, yeah. <clears throat> there's people at the moment who obviously get none. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I assume there's people who get none. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how quite how it all works out, but Yeah. Um if you go from the system at the moment to everyone gets you know 800 quid a month that's obviously going to cost a fortune yeah but, yeah but then you know there's but then if someone if someone's earning i don't know you know I don't, let's say if they're on two hundred forty thousand pounds a year let's say so that's twenty thousand pounds mm. a month okay yeah do they they well they, they don't no one could argue they need that 800 no. pound extra a month right no. but they would under this universal benefit system would they still get that well or would there be <coughs> would there be a point at which once you earn above this you lose there's 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 no point where you lose it um i think that's sort of quite important in the sort of whole moral way it works i suppose maybe you always have the option to turn it down right if you're you're earning that much you can be like you know what i don't actually need it let's you know everyone else has a little bit more yeah i'm sure there's plenty of people who make that much who are somewhat altruistic yeah um like our economics teacher who would give she donated her winter fuel allowance because she obviously didn't need it yeah and it goes to everyone yeah um i suppose also if you think the of the percentage of people in that situation you know that are earning six figures comfortably and don't and don't need this extra hundred pounds a month that is a very small number of people actually 
So if you took that eight hundred pounds a month from all those people to distribute it to the rest of the ninety nine percent of people, it wouldn't it's make much be a, of a difference. Yeah, a pound a month. Yeah, well, I mean that's an absolute ballpark. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> absolutely yeah. wrong that fake figure, but someone can do the maths on that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I suppose it makes sense. Everybody gets it. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the the only big problem is then how do you pay for it? Because it would be a huge tax burden. Mm. Um, and it's it's also then do you if if the NHS doesn't last, do you have people paying for health insurance out of the out of their universal, their right, universal yeah. basic income? Do you have uh, you know if if you have something unexpected happen and you're you know if if that if that becomes the last line of defense effectively if that if that mm-hmm. becomes your last way of getting money if there's no sort of safety net like is that going to be a problem for people like is there going to be more people living on the streets you know if 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 you're if you've got all the way down to you know your universal basic income and it's not enough to live are you going to be pushed out of where you want to live and you're going to be living in sort of the middle of nowhere, like yeah. some, some cheaper place. Yeah, well, because I mean, eight hundred pounds a month. Obviously, this is a, this is a ballpark yeah. figure. We don't really know what it yeah. would be if it would if it were ever to be a thing. That's what so that's nine thousand six hundred pounds a year, which mm. is you know that's that's less than half of the average income in the UK. So mm. that's not a lot of money. Like no, you, you would struggle probably <coughs> to to live, to on live that. off that. Maybe it, um, it depends. It depends. It, what you're trying to achieve with it as to how high you set it so if mm-hmm. if, if you set it <clears throat> if you set it at the um the level for example of like universal living wage so if you set it i don't know how much that is but if you set it sort of maybe area based so like how much you actually got was enough to live on just yeah. Then it would really replace benefits. Whereas, yeah, yeah, sure. If you set it as in the Swedish sort of model at somewhere below that, then it's obviously not maybe intended as a replacement of the benefit system, and it's more of like a springboard. So yeah. it's it's it would be good for like students who like need to yeah. get their first job. You know, yeah. you, difficult you, to get a job if you can't afford a car. Exactly, you know, exactly. Kind of yeah, it sure. just greases everything a little bit it yeah. makes everything a bit easier and that's generally the feedback yeah um the thing because i think it, it alleviates a big problem for low income like people who is just it's that that worry that, like that you're not going to be able to make enough to put food on the table as, i suppose as well it would if if as a if a low skilled person you know shortage of jobs jobs in your area and the only jobs you can get are kind of maybe part-time jobs or something yeah like, exactly that gives you that a bit that, of leeway yeah you know, the universal basic income could double your money yeah. and therefore you can work part-time and that's much better than for everybody really than you living off unemployment benefits because you're going to be getting more money working part-time and with the universal basic income yeah. it, 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 it like it'd be good for like parents you know if, yeah. if you're if you're if you're living yeah if, if, you, if you've got a kid and you don't want to work all the time to you know, so you can like look after your kid more time. You sort of mm-hmm. can, you know, that that yeah. could basically be holiday pay, effectively yeah. for someone in that position. Yeah, but then I suppose you, then you, the question isn't there is whether if you have five children, should your universal basic income be higher? But then I suppose if it's the universal basic income, it's going to no. be the same for everybody. But then would there be? Would you still have additional benefits like there is now for people? You know, child benefits and 
that kind of thing. And it's like some people might say that you shouldn't be having a kid that you can't afford, uh, and and that's the way that's the way it's going to go. You know, you. Uh, I suppose the problem with that though is that um, not a kid isn't always a choice, is it? Sometimes, as the nature of things, you know, things aren't always planned. So, uh, and then and then of course you have the whole the massive debate of abortion and you know, whether you agree with that and don't agree with that which we're not going to get into no you can't really predict anything about that no, no. we're supposed yeah. to be predicting things yeah but i suppose um, with the, the ch- yeah the child thing is interesting because at the moment you do have quite a significant child benefit um which but it only goes up to 18 which which is interesting because when you think that most people actually uh you know nowadays especially aren't they're not moving out of home at 18 no and if they are they're moving out into a council-assisted yeah. flat or something like that. So, actually, you know, whether should this child benefit, even though you're not a child, should it be extended a bit longer? Um, because if you're, you know, if you're 20, 21, still a student, you live at home, um, but also a student as well, and you're from like a low-income family, your parent then has to support you still, and obviously you probably, you know, hopefully could do some work yourself, but your parent ultimately still has to house you and pay for electricity and whatever yeah i I also feel like it's about being financially independent so Mm -hmm. i think 18 is the point where it's maybe expected that you manage your own money sure so i don't know if like at at 18 if there is continued like child benefit whether or not it should still go to the parents or whether at that point it should go to the kids yeah but then that's a difficult one because then if they're still living at home can the parents like expect the kids to help pay for pay for things yeah because like the people i know who's the people i know through other people whose parents have done that like it doesn't sound like a great situation no it's probably not the best dynamic but i, I guess from the parents point of view if they if they lose a child benefit and so the child living there like if they genuinely can't afford to to you know, feed them or whatever then i suppose that has to be done i guess that's a problem that the universal basic income can solve. When you hit 18, you get universal basic income, even if maybe it's a reduced rate. Maybe kind of like minimum wage, it, it, it goes it, up, it goes up yeah. when you're yeah, 25 or whatever. It's the full rate. Yeah. But even at 18, because then that could cover, rather than, so it's always almost a child benefit, but rather than going to the parent, mm. it now goes, goes to, to the, the child. Mm. Is that's a potential. But then that, potential. that does spark the debate, what I just said about, they tiered up with age is it yeah. cause obviously the minimum wage at least in the uk that does that does that it's mm. about two pounds difference between being an hour that is being like 18 and 25 and the idea is that at 25 you maybe what have more financial responsibilities mm. uh, if you're, you're moved out or whatever yeah um so then would if the universal bank income would probably have to take maybe take that into account or maybe just have the minimum wage do that i don't know it's an interesting sort of chicken and egg thing because it's like <laughs> Is the um, obviously people are staying at home longer? They're moving out later. It's like, is that a consequence of the minimum wage being being lower for younger people, or is it the other way around? Is it is it because of the uh, the people are living with their parents longer that the government feels that they don't need the minimum wage mm. to go up? Yeah, and yeah. Would would increasing the minimum wage for younger people actually make a, enough of a difference that it would bring the age at, be, at which people move out down yeah I, I suppose though if you're 
if you are 18 you're earning i don't know what is it five pounds something an hour mm. if uh if the government then decided to increase your wage by let's say a pound an hour mm-hmm. so if you have 40 hour week you have another 40 quid yeah. well are you realistically going to save that money to try and move out or are you just going to buy you know i don't know 10 more pints <laughs> at the weekend and that's the problem is it is that you know if what the government intends people to spend their money on not necessarily be the case so with universal basic income if that is supposed to cover prescription costs maybe you know because that, that's a thing and dentist costs and potentially even you know some minor nhs stuff whether if that's how the system ends up going but what happens if people just you know buy oh i've got 800 quid a month i'll just buy a couple of flat screen tvs like i don't mm. know it could happen and the government aren't there so they could still live in the same level of poverty but just now with flat screen TVs, but still bad health. Mm, well, it's it is like to some extent, <clears throat> it's on you at some point. Like yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect the government to do everything. Yeah. And how, like, how do you combat that? Well, how, how... you could have something like rather than just straight money, you have like food tokens, I suppose. But then maybe is that a bit demoralising? Um, mm. It is. It is a very difficult thing. That I mean, it's it's it would be pretty horrible to. You know, give people eight hundred quid worth of food stamps every month. I mean, that's just you couldn't you couldn't do it unless it was sort of almost organised with the the um, you know supermarkets that you that they could spend this food cash or this living cash you know on kind of food, but they couldn't spend it on you know I don't know Amazon or something. I think I'm sure there's some sort of uh, some great thinker who is had some ideas on, supposed to be on, on how i know i know no i'm sure there's some like i mean some really old old guy who's had ideas about how controlling how people spend their money is probably not a good idea i feel yeah. like that's not in any way i don't think that's a good idea no yeah i'm definitely i don't think i'm suggesting that like i i wouldn't i i, I will predict that we won't like we won't end up like that yeah that's, that, think... that's quite for me that's quite a communist idea yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. Like ultimately, people should be able to spend. But then I was going to say they spend their money on what they want. But we're not saying. Well, no one, none of us are saying that. But we're saying that this universal basic income, which I suppose is it their money, it's been given to them. So I suppose that's slightly different, isn't it? It's not like we're saying you out of your hard-earned cash you must spend ten percent on food. With well, you could food still stuff. save it. But I I think <coughs> I think some some people in uh, in. For for some of the people in the in the Swedish trial, it might have been a like the start of a pension pot. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot. And there's you know I I I yeah I don't think mm. I don't think it would be as useful for a lot of people if it was just for food. No, um, no. I mean, eight hundred a month on food is you're eating pro- quite well there as yeah. well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, even you know even if you're feeding a family at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's all yeah i suppose also with the universal basic income would it be per person or per household or i think it would be per person because once you start bringing in rules like it's per household then that's over complicates it you know and then the very idea of it is it also removes a lot of the bureaucracy that goes on yeah i think it it would be a lot cheaper maybe to do universal basic income than it would uh, I think, but then you still but have then, to lots of people to make sure people don't get it twice. Yeah, with a lack you know? of a lack of rules, would probably you know if there's zero regulation on it, yeah. that would that's the most <clears> expensive. <throat> you know, you're giving out the most money, aren't you? Because yeah. if in doubt, you give it. 
is, is yeah. essentially that's essentially the one rule yeah. of it where but then i guess as you start to introduce rules to save money well then you're just going to end up with a current system we have at the moment aren't you yeah. right well, if you earn above hundred thousand pounds you don't yeah. get it if you have two children you get hundred pounds but you know it's just going to end up being normal benefits mm. um so that's why it's a difficult one and i probably think we will never have it that is that is at least in in the foreseeable future um because i think it's whilst it is a good idea it's kind of like the autonomous car 100 percent. it's almost like a utopia and it takes it's a big it's a big it takes someone to 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 say that to say this is what we are doing and really be ballsy with it and i and i think with most of the way that like bureaucracy works and politics and whatever in the government is it like something like that is just gonna is gonna struggle to uh to pass and be implemented well because it would just take such a such an overhaul of everything that currently exists you'd have people telling you know you'd have some people against it telling people on benefits well you're going to get less money through this and whatever it would be as, as all things tend to do you know change is sometimes hard to introduce and mm-hmm. i feel like that would that would suffer and and we have totally talked around paying for it like that's the biggest issue is that it would obviously be a massive massive tax burden and that yeah. would obviously not go down well with anyone no yeah but then i suppose you would have to obviously you would probably have to increase taxes to do mm. this but then <clears throat> you could also redistribute taxes you obviously will save most of the money from benefits you know unemployment yeah. benefits whatever you know keeping the disability benefits um that kind of thing but then also you may save money from depending on what you introduce you know, currently people on a low income get free NHS prescriptions for example yeah. so then I suppose that money will then it's just you're not saving it it's just moving, moving pots about, it's yeah. moving into this universal basic income pot um, and you, you could also uh, change how the tax brackets <coughs> how the tax brackets work like you could start taxing people from zero because they're already making sure. some yeah. from the universal basic income so yeah, because sure, sure you're, you, you might be taxed even like 20% from the start yeah. I don't know what the lowest tax rate is but you could be taxed 20 percent from your first pound that you earn. Yeah. Off after your after your universal basic income, and that might not seem as like ridiculous. Yeah, Because sure. you already making... you've already got the. Yeah. Because it's worth noting that, isn't it? Because in the states, as far as I'm aware, I can't quite remember, but there isn't much, or there isn't at all. I'm not sure of tax-free allowance. Basically, you start paying yeah, a low no. percentage tax pretty much from the get-go. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, we have now is eleven and a half thousand pounds tax-free. So anything below that, you earn, you don't pay any tax on. And above that, it's is it twenty percent maybe? Mm. Um, so yeah, I suppose you could just replace that tax free allowance with the universal basic income, and then yeah, you get tax on everything mm. above that. That is definitely an idea. But yeah. then with the rich people, you know, if they're if they're paying forty percent tax, forty five percent tax, maybe even fifty, you know, what you don't know. But then you're also giving them eight hundred quid. Well, they're essentially they're giving in tax significantly more than you're giving them in universal basic income. Yeah. So it's kind of like here's £40,000 and then the government give you back you know 9600 or whatever it is yeah and ambulances and true, yeah. parks and but, then, but then, why don't they just what I'm saying is why don't these rich people would just give the government 30400 quid rather than giving them £40,000 and then getting in return 9600 like that seems like I mean that's bureaucracy but I suppose the other way around of right who doesn't get it who does is proxy as well yeah it's it isn't it's an odd one that because at that point it's basically a tax credit isn't it yeah yeah um, but but it can't uh, but i i think 
in terms of bureaucracy, I think it would just be a, a lump sum, and then like yeah, it it yeah. would. I mean, it would kind of probably function the same way as a tax credit eventually. Sure. But like, I mean, in terms of their accounting, but from the government's accounting, they can just give it to everybody. Yeah. I guess with when you start worrying about income, you have all the with like small businesses and kind of people that work like for themselves. Hmm. Their income often changes drastically every year. Yeah. So they don't know next year whether they're going to be in the forty percent tax bracket or not, or yeah, or whatever. So I suppose it's difficult. Then it's like if you say right, if you're in the forty percent tax bracket, you don't get it. Well, then for those people. That's, they they don't know then if they're going to get an extra ten thousand yeah. pounds next year so yeah that probably, probably yeah you, can't you work. just you just have to I mean the whole it's in the yeah. name universally you have to give it to everyone yeah um no matter what but know. then you have to yeah so you we pretty much established I think if you're <laughs> going to do it you'd have to give it to everybody yeah. and then but then now you obviously have the issue of of well, paying for it really um yeah. you know where you get that you're obviously going to have to charge extra tax and you know people willing to do that. Um, I mean, I well, I, I think, and that's and that's where we can say that it's probably not going to happen because who's going to go for that? Who's going to? Who out of the really rich people are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to pay a lot more tax, <laughs> just you know, so we can so we can have this universal basic income. Yeah, yeah, that is that's always going to be an issue. And I, I suppose mean, <coughs> sorry, it, go on. it depends where it how how well the, the trial in in Sweden goes. Cause I think there needs to be one pioneer company, one pioneer country. Where, if if it works really well there, it could work because there's a lot of companies, there's a lot of countries with different attitudes to money and things like that. Like, like Sweden isn't you know a communist country by any stretch of the imagination. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot more it's socialist. Yeah, more socialist. But yeah, you know, like they have, I mean, they have free university for all and things like that. I think. It might be Finland, but it's you know the the, the sort of Scandics. They're a lot more, um, a lot more like that. But at the same time, they're quite conservative in terms of like immigration and things like that. Um, and then they treat that very differently to how we would here. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, but I think I think if it happens anywhere, it'll happen there first. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think they um, will. They will kind of have to as the more socialist countries they'll have to pioneer that and then and mm. show other countries it's kind of possible um it's an interesting possible prediction though it's like in in the in say 50 years are we going to slide are we going to have slid to the right or to the left as a as a as a world because yeah. it, it's interesting like recently in intercountry inequality is shrinking so as a world we're becoming less unequal but in yeah intra-country inequality is getting bigger which kind of makes sense in the scheme of things mm-hmm. um, obviously it's not good like in general I mean this is obviously my ethos talking but you kind of want people to be a bit more equal yeah I don't know. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a uh, it's interesting when you say though which way the world will move but I think it's pretty much generally in history you know politically countries move left because you but only left from the point of view of 20 years ago you know slaves acceptable slaves no longer acceptable you know kind of people move that way you know no women's rights women can vote you're going to move you know women's vote will have obviously at one point been that's the leftist view where now that's like everyone's view the correct view you know know what I mean so uh, uh, typically things move left but then you do kind of think with 
know, well, yeah, it's with, like with with with, with we, as I say with the history of communism, like I feel like that is something that everyone, I think most people understand why it's flawed. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, there's there's obviously an end point, and it's like when do we yeah. hit that? Um. Um. If you're interested in uh, roughly the amount we'd have to pay for universal basic income I've just kind of roughly done some maths looked it up there's about 65 million people in the UK and it seems about 15 of those or so are under 18 so if we assume everybody over 18 you know up to whatever age they live to gets it uh, and we're assuming let's say 800 quid a month so you know what's that 9,600 a year that would come out to roughly this is you know back of the envelope maths here um, half a trillion pounds (laughs) A what's year. our GDP again? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but that's isn't that like what's the US military defense budget? Well, I mean that's the thing. It's, it's about five hundred. Is it five hundred billion dollars? I think it is something around that. So that is, and they that is their you know they they probably overspend on that really. Yeah, but the, but the, the reason it's so big as well is that that's supporting a lot of the economy. Yeah, well, like, yeah, exactly. Like a lot exactly. Of work. Like, so they're almost doing the money it already. They spend on it, and the, the amount of unemployment they must. Uh, you know, save by by yeah, by, by, the by the military. Yeah. You know, because you just money. right go get a job in the military, earn you know twenty five thousand dollars a year, yeah. and you know drive a drive a yeah, just keep loving America <laughs> and all that kind of. I was thing. about to say yeah. drive a pickup truck. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. not say that. But yeah, so we might struggle with uh, half a half, half a trillion. trillion pounds. I mean, that could be that could be wrong. That's pretty rough, but mm. going to be in that you know. It's, no, it's, it's, it's that's be... the thing. It's it's a, it's a lot of money. It would take a lot of convincing people. Before it, we'd have to have a, a something. Would have to cause a big political shift. Left, I think, where where we'd need a fifty percent tax bracket. We'd need it to be lower as well. Because what's it now? Forty five percent tax bracket is like a hundred and I don't know. Is it forty thousand? Maybe something. I think it's around that. So we'd have we'd have to you know we'd have to shift that way down because you because hmm. if people are earning you know, three hundred thousand pounds a year, um, and they're still, you know, actually netting, I don't know, you know, one hundred eighty thousand. Well, then, it's just not going to work. Like they just have to give more for that universal basic yeah. income, and then that sparks debate whether that's right, isn't it? Like, should people have that amount of money taken off them? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, no. It, I, <laughs> the, the the problem the problem with taxing that people people that much obviously is that after a threshold of like after a threshold of income you can probably afford someone to make your tax bills smaller. yeah yeah like yeah. you know it... what's that graph isn't there i can't remember who, who made it but it's basically the, the the kind of it's theoretical but of the optimum point of tax is that basically after the after this percentage point it becomes that people then try so hard to you know not pay the tax to avoid the tax that you actually earn less money than you know, because if suddenly if tomorrow they introduce a ninety-five percent tax rate for anything above yeah. hundred thousand pounds, lots of people are going to pay that. Just, they just leave. Yeah. You know, is well, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, no, I like I literally know people who uh, who they uh, they had they had a business in a country where the tax rate was sixty percent, um, mm-hmm. and like that's not that far. Yeah. And you know that they've they've moved one of their businesses offshore. Yeah, just yeah. like that, and at sixty percent, it's yeah. not even a, a massive bar. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, I know a guy. This is with UK tax rates. He's a he does financial stuff in London, and he lives in Jersey, and he yeah. you know he he's allowed in the UK maybe sixty days a year or something. Um, but wow. 
because you know it's just he at least he felt that for the, the tax he was paying it was worth worth leaving but I'm not sure about that because you've got to give up your whole yeah your whole way, way of life what you've grown up yeah. with and everything like the way the UK I mean Jersey's probably fairly similar I imagine I've never been it's yeah. quite small um, it's not London though is it no it's true it's true if you if you love London then I don't know moving to Jersey is not going to make you happy even <laughs> if you do save a few quid <laughs> no yeah 